This podcast is sponsored by Orange Pinafore, the most convenient meal delivery service in town. Simply sign up for 13 groats a week and Orange Pinafore will deliver the ingredients for a range of delicious meals straight to your door, including lambas bread. Ugh, why the elves have such tedious food? Worm sandwiches, xenomorph eggs, weasel tongue. Ooh, I assure you, that is delicious. Maggot cheese, roasted peacock and marmite-flavoured ice cream. Delicious. Mm. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me, as always, is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. As always, thrilled to be here. Have you noticed we're not cuddling this week, Peter? I know. Is it something I've done? (laughs) Finally, our new router has... Not router, mixer has arrived. Huzzah! Uh, So I just wanted to quickly thank all of our Patreons... And Patreons because, are amazing. Because those Patreons yes. are who paid for that new router. Mixer. Yeah. Why do I keep saying router when I mean mixer? I don't know. Possibly because we were talking about the router and how your broadband doesn't work yes. before we so started. This new, so this new mixer costs, yes. costs about it was £109, I think. And so uh, I had to kind of clean out the Patreon bank. But um, we are, we're back in business. We no longer have That's to cuddle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we have all the technology we could ever possibly need. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been pretty good. I've been playing in a Stars Without Number game. Mm-hmm. That's been quite exciting. How um, many stars are there? Um, hard to say. They don't have any <laughs> numbers on. They've just got letters. And I, I just lose track. Yeah. That, that's been quite good. I've accidentally acquired a shipping crew. Oh, I ran some Adventurers League on Saturday. That was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a module where the players are essentially... Reliving Moby Dick if Moby Dick was entirely set on land and the Great White Whale was actually a boulette or land shark. My favourite version of Moby Dick is Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. I don't remember it having... I don't remember The Wrath of Khan having like a huge section in the middle where nothing happens. (laughs) But they do quote Moby Dick constantly all the way through it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, well, it's a tale of vengeance and so forth. (laughs) Yes, they just don't stop quoting Moby Dick in the original Klingon, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's what happens. It's like the Star Trek tradition. Let's get all these classically trained actors, whack about £40 of makeup on them and call it a day. Yes. (laughs) Oh, should we do some news? Uh, we could, couldn't we? Mm. Yeah. Would you like to hear about some controversy? <gasps> controversy. Some plagiarism. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, I think I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, should consi- I could control and conceal my cackles of glee. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so happy about it. It's, it's really terrible. Yes, there's nothing to be happy about here at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I mean, sorry. This is bad for everyone involved. I know. It, it, both it's perpetrator terrible. and victim. It, it is sad and shocking. Yes. And yet you still laughed. <laughs> sorry. So who were you laughing at? Oh, oh, definitely the people that were caught plagiarising. Okay. Because it's like, hello, have you heard of the internet? Mm. 
Did, did you think you'd be able to get away with it? Should, should we tell people who was plagiarising and what they were plagiarising? Oh, I don't know. It might be more fun to leave them in suspense on that week. Or should we find some other podcast <laughs> who's covered this and just like snip out a bit of their content and just put it into our <laughs> in a totally meta, ironic bit of plagiarism? Oh, I'm listening. <laughs> So, so go on, tell me the story. What, what's happened? Okay, so a video games company yes. known as uh, Bethesda. Bethesda? I don't actually know how you pronounce their name. Uh, Bethesda. Bethesda. Yes. I'm going to go with Bethesda. Yes, yes. Um, uh, pre- so, pre- previous hits including, um, I don't know. Some video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Elder Scrolls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they um, produced... So, so Bethesda, the Skyrim people. So, yeah. so it's not some tiny little studio with no with no cash. Oh, yeah, big a big 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 video game. It is like huge. It's like the Skyrim big. With, that's all with big. many yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal. Yeah, yes. yes. Not not lacking for a bit of scratch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, published uh, an Elder Scrolls D and D module. Like as a promotional thing. Well, that, that's hard, that's hardly uh, plagiarism now, Russ. Um, they, they can use D and D, and indeed adapting it's been a well-established tradition. Yes, but there's a slight wrinkle in the iron. No iron in the wrinkle. No. What's that? What's that? What's, 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 what's that? I don't know. How do you have a wrinkly what's, what's iron? What's the idiom I'm going for? There, there was there was a wrinkle that needed ironing out. Um, there is a, there is an idiom that uses either wrinkle or iron or both. Strike well, I can't think what it is. <laughs> I expected to read your mind and come up with like phrases to express your thoughts, but there was a complication. Well, the complication is right. So, so, um, so basically, they rolled a seven to nine. They had success with a complication. Yeah. So they um, they released this free D and D adventure. Yes. Um, set in Tamriel. Yes. Um, and it's to promote um, the expansion, um, the latest expansion of their Elder Scrolls Online game. N- nice, nice. All sounds good. Um, and it's called uh, Elsewhere. Yes. E L S W E Y R. Tabletop scenario. Sounds good. People were excited. As, as they should be. They eagerly downloaded this D and D adventure. Yeah, I. And then, and then <laughs> some people said, "Wait a minute, hang on, <laughs> I've seen this before." <laughs> they said it exactly like that as well, in that exact tone of voice. Even the women. Yes. Sorry. And the dogs and the cats. Meow. Didn't you, didn't you, Django? Didn't you say that? Django treats us with the silent contempt he deserves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there's, so, so you've seen it somewhere before. How do you mean? So there's a D&D Adventurers League adventure from 2016. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, by Paige uh, Lightman and Ben Heisler. Yep. And it's called The Black Road. Nice. And... It is exactly the same. And when I say exactly the same, I mean almost exactly the same. They've basically taken that adventure, changed yeah. a few words and a few names, and yeah. republished it. I think that's like season five. That, that's one of the best regard. I think that's from season five, Storm King's Thunder, one of the best regarded series. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it myself, but yeah. I, it would be in my future, I hope, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so how, but, but when you say it's like it's the same, how do you mean? Okay, I am going to read out some... This is this, uh, this article that I'm looking at here was yes. by Daryl, our sound yes. engineer, and oh, also yes. columnist for EN World. Uh, and, and, and editor, he's a bit more on the sound. So he, he, he very diligently got hold of both Avengers mm-hmm. and compared them directly. He's a side-by-side. Yes. Yes. 
And so what he's done, he's uh, put lots and lots of examples of yeah. the Black Roads yes. original read aloud text, yes. and then the uh, new the uh, Bethesda yeah. um, read aloud text, text. Yeah. Uh, just to show how similar. And he's, there's lots and lots of examples he's done. So I'll just read out one, and yeah, yeah. I can assure you, if you want to read more, it's all like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it goes. There's nothing like the desert to make people feel small and insignificant. Mm-hmm. In every direction, huge dunes rolled across the landscape, and an even bigger sky looms above. The oasis of Vuerfil is a motley collection of sun-bleached tents in the vast Anorok Desert. The Auroch Desert, Tom. Anorok. The Anorok. Anorok. Oh, is that that's the, name, that's the name of the place? Right, yes. sorry. I was thinking of a uh, old Scottish cow. Okay. Yeah. Old species of anyway. Please, anyway, crack on. Um, so the thing that that is directly right. Yeah. So are you ready? Yes. Nothing beats the desert to make people feel small and unimportant. In uh, every direction, enormous dunes rolled across the landscape, and an even larger, empty air skies above it. The oasis on the border between Kyrodil and elsewhere is a colourful collection of sun-drenched tents in the vast desert of elsewhere. I see. The second paragraph goes, mm. Through various means, it has been arranged that you would meet Azam the car- Caravanner in the large Kalimshad-style tent that passes for a tavern here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in various ways, it is arranged that a group of adventurers would get acquainted with the caravan leader named Karim. <laughs> His big tent is filled with several Kajit who seem unaffected by the heat. I see. Right, so they've done some really minor localization, but yes, yeah. but basically the entire the entire thing is that oh. word for word with just some slight changes. Wow, so maybe not not not. I mean, some of that that's like not even enough to get past like a plagiarism program. No, I mean, did they think nobody plays D anD D? I don't know no what they thought. I don't know what. They Where thought. were they thinking? Well. They have they just... now, they've now pulled the adventure. Ah, shocker. Yes, and... Um, to avoid being sued. Who, who knows how that happened? My guess, and yes. it's a total guess, is um, someone in their marketing department suggested they do something like that, and yes. they got someone to do it, and there was no real oversight, Yes, and they didn't know that it was... Like, I, I would oh. guess mm-hmm. they didn't know it was plagiarised, but yeah, I, who knows? Who knows? So, somebody somewhere is being fired for it. I, we, I we would expect assume. so, yeah. Yeah, it's like just so crashingly unprofessional. Yeah. And, and I mean, the worst part is it's like they could have paid a freelancer. Given the amount of money at their disposal... They could have paid two freelancers. They could have paid like an army of freelancers. They could have done an entire Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Hell, they could have released a hardcover book-sized module, right? And it will still have cost them less than, like, the legal fees and embarrassment that this is going to cause them. I don't think it's going to cost them legal fees at all. I think probably it's going to be a few awkward phone calls, but I think that's... You, you don't think anyone's going to sue? Well, you, know, you end up suing for damages, don't you? And they mm. pulled it straight away. It was a free yeah. adventure. You know, there's... Okay. You know... I think, I think, I think probably it'll be a couple of awkward phone calls and apologies and maybe <laughs> no. or maybe a, a tit-for-tat kind of um, we'll do something for you in the future or something. Yeah. Well, well, they were doing something nice. You know? Okay, so it's not going to be too expensive for Bethesda. It's just horribly embarrassing. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of Wizards of the Coast. Maybe they will decide to sue them, but I can't no, it seems, see seems unlikely. I can't see that. Oh, okay. Well, that's good then. You know what I mean? But honestly, it's just like, oh. Okay, but they could still probably have afforded to pay a couple of freelancers. I mean, they don't even need to send a cease and desist because they've already ceased and desisted. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
<laughs> ceased and desisted. Yes. Yeah. They pre-ceased and pre-existed. No. They pre-ceased is what an assassin refers to their victim as. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, well. That was quite an exciting bit of news, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Do you want some more news? Oh, I'd love some more news. Are you sure? Well, do you have any? Maybe. Go on then. Hit me. Really? No. Please have to go away. Oh, I've got a bit of news, actually. I've got a bit of news, actually. Go on. Um, well, yeah, this is like just picked up off. The- no, from that infamous hive of scum and villainy. Yes. There we go. Uh, AKA reddit.com mm. uh, is a chap who's like been putting a thing, which he says is from um, Vincent Baker. And you're like, who is Vincent Baker? And well, you might ask. Um, Would said, you like me to ask then? Go on then. Who is Vincent Baker? Who is Vincent Baker? Uh, Vincent Baker is someone that wrote very exciting role-playing game system called Dogs in the Vineyard, mm. which is very well spoken of whenever role players gather and talk about exciting and wonderful games they played. Uh, it's usually uh, rated right up there alongside Ars Magica, um, Unknown Armies, and um, yeah, well, and Dogs in the Vineyard. Mm. It's a quite quite an interesting system, but it has been out of print for quite some time because mm-hmm. Vincent Baker's actually pulled it. Oh, things he's done lately include Apocalypse World, which has given us the Powered by the Apocalypse system and many, many, many Kickstarters. So this is not someone who's, you know, an influential in the world of RPGs. Okay. So apparently uh, this uh, random spod, um, whose name I've completely forgotten, wrote to Vincent Baker and said, hey, uh, I can't find any copies of Dogs in the Vineyard. And Vincent said to them, well, rewrite it yourself. Um, it's just the words that are copyrighted. Uh, so they did and made a generic system mm-hmm. for moral role-playing. So it's, uh, if you like games about making hard decisions, mm-hmm. then, yeah, there is now an opportunity to use that, uh, which has, as they got, a fair, an extremely good pedigree. So what, what have they called it? So the name of it is Dice Pool and Moral Predicament-Based Generic Role-Playing System, which has the patronym of dogs. That's quite clever. So basically, he wrote down the word dogs yes. and then thought, now how am I going yeah, that- to... So what was it? Dice, pool, pool and moral. Except the M is before the O there, so that's that, cheating. That is the Predicament-based generic role-playing system. That's correct, yes. And you can get that at drive through RPG. I've been a little bit hesitant about like shouting it out because I don't know if Vincent Baker has actually properly approved it. But yeah, um, it could it should be pretty cool, hmm. really. Um, so why did Vincent Baker pull dogs in the vineyard in the first place? Oh well, we'd have to ask Vincent Baker about that, uh, which I'd love to do. But you can't even get it in PDF. No, oh, okay. you can't. You can't buy it from his website. Hmm. You can't buy it from Vincent Baker's website. You can't get it like anywhere like legally. So it's like eBay or nowhere sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And you're you're out of luck. Uh, It's it's such a well-regarded system. I was actually looking into it because I wanted to um, buy a copy as a prize. Okay, then. Yeah. Do you have any news for me? Has your page loaded up? Uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Well, Gen Con's got a new thing going on. Mm -hmm. So it's growing... Bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Yes. And it's sort of outpaced um, downtown Indianapolis's hotel capacity, <laughs> which basically okay. which basically means it's it's there's this big lottery for housing every yeah. year. Uh, it can be very very hard to get oh, absolutely a, a, a room at a reasonable price close enough to the 
to the convention and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, so um, they've they've started this new brand brand new program. Yeah. And they're calling it Pop Up Gen Con. I'm listening. Local game stores are mm-hmm. where this is going to take place. Yes. And what it's going to do, there's going to be little mini Gen Cons popping up in local game stores. Okay. Right. Um, so at the moment, they've got about 40 game stores across the United States right. involved. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it includes space to play pre-release copies of featured games and um, video content stream live from the actual Gen Con. Oh, okay. Um, so, the, you know, if there's panels and things going on. You can sit in a in a um, game store and watch those, basically okay. attend the panels remotely. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I don't know how popular that will be and whether it will work, but it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, the time difference might make it a bit problematic in the UK, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But interesting stuff nonetheless. Mm. Talking of time difference, is you, are you looking forward to Wizards of the Coast's big, big announcement next weekend? What? Are, they, are we ready for the actual announcement? Yes. Are they done the actual pre-release trailer for the It's going to be about 2am on Saturday morning for us. Oh, 2am on Saturday morning. Oh, what what sure. are you doing at 2am on Saturday morning? Um, I'm going to be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, if you if you're in America at yeah. two a.m. on Saturday morning, it will oh, be two, two a.m. What time? Though? It'll be it'll be late afternoon for you, depending oh, where okay. you are in America. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, the uh, brand new storyline is being announced. Bum bum bum. Going to be exciting. They've got their whole great big two day, or oh, I think it's like party Fridays, also three day live stream nice. thing going on. Mm-hmm. So you, you can watch it all. Um, but the actual announcement is. I think it's 4 p.m. P Pacific Standard Time. Oh, PST. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so 4, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Yeah. Or, or whatever time that is where you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, you find out what the brand new storyline is. The uh, you, know, you know the artwork mm. um, that shows the picture of... Um, the angels smiting angel. some dudes. So we got confirmation yes. of what that actually is now. Um, it is exactly what a lot of people thought it was. Some sort of magic-related shenanigans? No. No? Okay, tell me more. Right, the art yes. um, that they're using to illustrate the descent, mm-hmm. a lot of people mm. suggested that that might be... Um, an angel from which setting? The Is it Faerun or... Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms, yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, in fact, Zariel. Zariel. Yes. Okay. And the reason we know that yes. is because it, is a, it has appeared in um, of, of the file name of the actual uh, piece. Someone uh-huh. looked at the actual file name. File Ooh, name, sneaky. And the file name is vertical Zariel, Zariel underscore FS art two underscore size dot JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of gives it away. Mm-hmm. So who is Zariel and what's that significance to the Forgotten Realms? Zariel. Mm-hmm. I like a... Sorry, no, was originally an impetuous angel of Celestia who uh-huh. was tasked with tracking the progress of the blood war on Avernus. Mm-hmm. Continued exposure to the plane led her to grow obsessed with the war okay. and develop a growing taste for battle, which Ooh. eventually led her to believe that an assault from the hosts of Celestia mm-hmm. could wipe out both sides of the blood war in one stroke and free the multiverse of those fiends. Um, mm. Frustrated by her superior's refusal to engage in the war, yes. Zariel decided to act on her own and led a host of mortal allies into Avernus. Following her defeat, 
Zariel was brought to Asmodeus, who then named her Lord of the Lair and named Zariel his champion. Not the outcome I was expecting. Well, there you go. Yes. And then there's a whole load of history here. Okay. Um, so I think depending on when this is set, Zariel will be a different thing. Well, it sounds to me like uh, this is set when they're leading descent. Mm. Because uh, the picture that we've seen does not look like the picture off the Wikipedia page. Mm. Well, yeah, it sounds it sounds like a, bl- a blood war themed um, themed adventure from from the sounds of that, doesn't it? Mm. It does, it does have some questions. But I guess we'll find out for certain at two a.m. on Saturday morning. Yes. One. What is the blood war? Two. What is the Vernus? You know what the blood war is, don't you? No. Oh, okay. Even I know that. Good stuff. Okay, so Blood War is yes. um, a sort of really, really big part of uh, D&D Outer Plains lore, mm-hmm. which has been going back, I think, probably to second edition, I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so basically, um, it's Hell versus the Abyss. It's, uh, so it's the... It's the devils, devils versus, versus demons. demons. Yes. Uh, chaos versus law, both evil. Yeah, yeah. So there's uh, lots, lots more... Demons, mm. yes, but they're all un- they're disorganised, yes, and the Hell Legions are very, very organised. And there's this mm. ongoing war that's been going on for millennia, millennia yeah, and yeah. probably will go on for millennia, and they're just yeah. constantly fighting, yes, uh, with massive, massive planes just littered with the sort of corpses of demons and devils, and it just goes on and on and on, and everything feeds into this blood war. I I, I can see why. Just letting them get on with it would be a would be a yeah. sound proposition. Yeah. Like if you turn up with like a bunch of good, good, like lawful good characters, surely both sides are just going to turn up and uh, give you a good kick yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically this big eternal evil conflict. Yes. Um, of which a lot of what um, what demons and devils interact mm. with um, the Forgotten Realms or other various uh, mm. sort of mortal realms mm-hmm. are all just sort of parts of that war. Yeah. They're just sort of like tools or. You know, mm. means to an end. Okay. And everything feeds into the blood war. Yes. Oh, do you think it might be um, a bid then for some higher level content? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But if, if you're, if you're you going, would think so. If you're going to a furnace, yeah, yeah. you're going to need to have your A game ready. Yeah. Cause, no, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. Oh. We'll see. Um, like, I guess then I'd expect something like... Zariel has recruited you as mortal allies and you're going to come in and try and win a fight. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's all right. What could go wrong? Oh, alternatively, that piece of art could be a complete double bluff. Uh, Not double bluff, just a single bluff. Just a bluff. Yeah. A poisson rouge or goldfish, as the French would say. Yes. Wait, that's and a red herring. And it could have nothing to do with that. Absolutely. Who knows? Well, baseless speculation is a large part of the appeal of this podcast, so yes. that's what I go with. Yes. That and the fantastic news. We've got some more information about um, Ghosts of Saltmarsh, right? Ghosts of Saltmarsh? Because copies have been arriving in the wild. Ah, bum bum So, how much, how much information would you like? All of it. All of the information. No. Yeah, let's have the highlights now. The highlights. Um, we, we don't want to just, like, be reading out the Ghosts of Saltmarsh. To the listeners. So over at emerald.org, yes. um, there is a first impressions review by Beth Rimmels, which is one of Ooh. our reviewers. Yes. And she's done a first impressions review mm-hmm. and she'll be doing a more in, because what she always does for these um, books, mm-hmm. she gets it on the day she does mm-hmm. a first impressions review. Yes. Yeah, you know, reads it as fast as you can, does a first impressions yep. review. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, when she's had time to digest it better, absorb it, think about it yep. some more, she does a more in depth review. Yep. So that will. So this podcast comes out Wednesday. So yes. it'll be Friday, I think, is the uh, 
is the in-depth review. Ooh, well, eyes peeled for them. Yes, yes, indeed. But some information about it, I mean, you, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to the uh, first impressions review. Yep. Um, but some information about it is forthcoming. Ooh. At any time now. <laughs> at any time now. Some information about it. I'm looking so it goes to so much. Okay, so. Yes. All right. So I'll give you a few various bits of information about it. Please so, do. you know the, the original Salt Marsh trilogy? Yes. It did not have a map of Salt Marsh. It did not. This problem has been rectified. Hello. Behold the glorious map that is Salt Marsh. Yes. Found within the book. We have seen the glorious map that is Salt Marsh before. Have we? Yes, we have. Oh, when did we see it before? A couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, no, promise. Okay, I believe it. No, it's, it's good. Okay. Um, it's, it's exciting that they decided to actually make a proper map, map of Salt Marsh uh, with locations and everything. Oh, have they done NPCs for the town council? Um, so, uh, Salt Marsh is, it says here, Salt Marsh is now a living, breathing place and there's three mm-hmm. factions vying for power. Ah, factions. There's the traditionalists. Yes. There's the loyalists to the kingdom of Kaoland and the Scarlet Brotherhood. Now, you're going to wonder who the Scarlet Brotherhood are. Damn straight, I'm going to wonder who they are. They're Greyhawk. What? This adventure yeah. is set in Greyhawk, not the Forgotten Realms. Oh. 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 Yeah. But, okay. Right. So, the Scarlet Brotherhood are bad guys. Yes. Yes. Bad know. dudes. We're really talking about bad. Yes. Very, very bad guys. Yes. Um, so, so, Salt Marsh, it's fully fleshed out, as yes. is the whole region. Yes. And the, the political happenings are presented right from the start. Okay. Um, so um, it's a sort of salt marsh based campaign. Mm. So that's your base of operations, and you sort of go out from there. So it's a bit of a Greyhawk splat book as well. A uh, very mini. Oh, okay. So yeah, don't get your hopes up, Greyhawk yeah. fans. Oh yeah, it's not. No, it's definitely not a Greyhawk setting book. Oh, okay, right. But it's an adventure setting, mm-hmm. Greyhawk. Yeah, yeah. So there are new backgrounds that tie directly to salt marsh. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Fisher, 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 for example, yeah. things like that. So, if you want to be a, a fisherman, you can. Yes. Yeah. Or a smuggler. smuggler. Oh, you can be a smuggler. smuggler. Well, what proficiencies do smugglers get? What proficiencies do smugglers get? They get athletics and deception. Top okay. proficiencies: vehicles, water, mm-hmm. and your equipment: a fancy leather vest. That's right. Oh, I always wanted a fancy leather vest. Well, ever since I saw Harrison Ford uh, playing Han Solo, yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I think this is more sort of... Um, yeah, I know it's not supposed to be Star Wars, but come on, it's a fancy level vest. There, um, are, there are, however, yes. um, there is a sidebar yes. which has suggestions for putting your adventures elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't want to play mm-hmm. in Greyhawk, um, you can you can sit it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sidebars with historical content uh, uh, context. Great Greyhawk being the original setting for D&D. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's where... That's, that's, they needed a place to put the dungeons for the Dungeons and Dragons yeah, to be yeah, going Exactly that, exactly yeah. that. I mean, the Greyhawk is nowhere near as detailed. developed mm. and de- detailed as Forgotten yeah. Realms. It's more that it's got space for you to put your adventures in. Yes, conceptual space. Mm-hmm. It's going exploring. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, maps are done by Dyson Logos again. Okay. You know, the sort of black and white sort of maps that some of the recent adventures have had. Okay, yeah, they've kept they've kept very much the old style. The old style of maps, yeah. yeah. Oceanus, the sea elf, is still in there. Yay. The, who, is, who is on the uh, night ghost. Yes. Which was the uh, smuggler's... That was a ship that you launched the commando raid in. Yes. Oh, by the way, spo- complete spoilers for uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh and um, Sinister Secrets of Saltmarsh, just in case you'd somehow managed to avoid them before. Mm. We're so sorry. 
Um, and we've got information on where, if you don't want to put it in Greyhawk, where you could put it in other campaign settings. So yeah. where in Eberron, where in the Forgotten Realms, where in Mystara even. Oh, what uh, about Kryn? Not Kryn. Oh. For some reason, not Kryn. Poor Kryn. Where did I hate Kryn? Sad times. Why can't Ghost of Saltmarsh be in Kryn? Less dragons. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so here's a contents page if you wanted to have a look at it. So the order of Avengers is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start with um, Sinister Secret. Good show. As expected. Yes. Danger at Dunwater. Oh, isn't... So the second one. Okay. And then it drops out of the Saltmarsh trilogy. Yeah. You get Mike Mills' Salvage Operation. Yeah. You get Isle of the Abbey. That was the one... Savage Operation was one of the half orc druid on on the ship on the ship and a giant squid that attacks it. Ah yes, it was a cracking adventure. If you yeah, remember. and then Isle of the Abbey. That was where you're like, huh? Well, we'd best go and assault a island with an abbey on it, and some skeletons are going to come so, out of Sanji's. Yeah, so many undead. Yeah. yeah, and then you jump back to the Salt Marsh trilogy. Yeah. Chapter six for the final countdown. And that's uh, going and breaking into the shark person yes. uh, stronghold yeah. and saying, hey, is that, well, presumably it's some sort of stealth mission Yeah. at this point. Okay, and then... And then oh. we jump into Tamarot's fate, as expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we covered last week. The Stys, which we're covering this week. Yeah. And then we've got an appendix, 186 to 223, so that's 40 pages? Yeah. 40 page sense, appendix yeah. called mm-hmm. Of Ships and the Sea, and yeah. that contains like ship stat blocks, officers, ship upgrades, sea travel, um, mm-hmm. encounters at sea, all that sort of stuff, combat with ships, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, yeah. all the nautical rules. Okay. And then an appendix of magical items, and an appendix of monsters and NPCs, yeah. which is pretty standard for these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the Sea Ghost is in it. Uh, maps of the Sea Ghost, which are exactly the same as the original maps of the Sea Ghost. I mean, if you've got a map of a ship, then you're probably quite set. But yeah. Why not? Um, that encounter from um, uh, the Abbey is still there with all the squares where uh, skeletons yeah. might jump out of the sand dunes and won't. Surprise, skeleton. Pretty much still there. Yeah. We've got ship rules and stat blocks for ships here. Mm. Okay. That's a galley. Yeah. Oh, good. It's a. Uh, Let's see. Yes, yes, good. It's immune to being prone. That's important. <laughs> and unconscious. Yes. And yeah. petrified. And, and charmed. Poisoned. You cannot charm this galley. Mm, yeah. Neither can you exhaust it. <laughs> or definite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so lots of information about ships, hull upgrades, crew members, mm-hmm. travel at sea and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of locations. Yes, just yeah. like short locations with mm-hmm. like hooks back to salt marsh yeah uh new magical items like this charm of plant command look okay yeah shark men locatha but is that a shark man looks more like a fish man not bitey enough to be a shark man hmm. or maybe it's just he's looking particularly happy fish folk resilient fish and proud fish folk actually yes yeah. which one were the shark men so well, getting into shark yes, men. sorry Hargan, yeah. i was getting the wrong way around sorry that's quite right i apologize unreservedly no yeah who make you're no forgotten realms expert yeah I wonder if they've got that chap who's like, I, I am not an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, actually a level three rogue. Yeah. I'll have you know. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, there we go. That's that. I mean, obviously, yeah. we can go into more detail in it in a later um, yes. later episode. But that's basically, you know, a yeah. quick, quick overview. Mm. People, people, reviewers have been getting it in their hands. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Uh, it's definitely interesting. 
Uh, I think you said there was no overarching meta plot. Um, so it's more sandboxy. Yeah, yeah. Play a game more so you, you start off in Salt Marsh and you can just branch out and do these mm-hmm. different adventures. Yes. Yeah. But with, all, with Salt Marsh as your kind of home base. Yeah, so you could play it through as a series of, I guess, picaresques in Greyhawk if you wanted, or you could adapt it more locally, or you could just uh, sn- snag a module out and insert it into one of your existing games. Mm. Yeah, okay. Oh, what else have we got in the news? What else do we have in the what news? What else do we have in the news? We do have other things in the news. Yes, yes. I do promise, because I saw them a second ago. Yes. There we go. All the new Shadowrun stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know... Um, 30th, 30th edition? Yeah. So, 30th, no, 30th year. edition. 30th edition. Uh, <laughs> 30th anniversary. 30th anniversary. 6th edition. Yes. Um, yes. So, obviously, we mentioned this last week, mm-hmm. with 6th edition being announced. So, there's yes. the beginner box in yes. June, which mm-hmm. Daryl has written a review of. So, if you want to read that, um, link in the show notes, and you can read Daryl's review of that. Yes. Extensively um, detailed. And then other products coming out. Yes. We've got, also in June, Neo Anarchist's Streetpedia, a definitive guide to the Shadowrun universe. <laughs> That's a great name. I love it. <laughs> then in July, we have No Future, a guide to Sixth World Culture, including information on music acts, 3D movies and series, sports, mm. and more. Okay, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then in August, you get the core rule book. Nice. Big thing. $49.99. Boof. Okay. Um... Also in August, you get a, big boy. a Rogues Gallery NPC deck of cards. Oh, oh, nice, nice. Also in August, there is Dice and Edge tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when you play Shadowrun, you need as many D6s as you can find. <laughs> um, and also in August, there's some miniatures. Oh, okay. Then in September, there's a GM screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in September, there is... Yes. An adventure called Cutting Black Ooh. Um, sets up storylines full of dark dealings and intrigue that will shake the Shadowrun setting and inspire game campaigns for months or longer. Mm. And in October, we have 30 Nights, a detailed campaign book. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, plunges the players into the growing chaos in the UCAS as they look into the source of a mysterious blackout plaguing Toronto. That is a very strange schedule. Hmm. And also, yes. there are hoodies, t-shirts, lapel pins, deluxe metal dice, and more. Marvel. Should you wish such things. Yes. Which probably I don't, but I can see there are no. people out there that might. It, it, I don't think I'd mail, I'd, I'd write off them. But if I if I was to come across them, I might be like, ooh, shattering. I released another one-page adventure. Did you? I do like my one-page adventures. Yes. Yes. This one is called Head Games. Head Games. Yes. And it's for D&D 5th edition. Oh, okay. Over yeah. on my little Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Morris. Yes. No, that's... That's us. That's us. That's it. Patreon.com forward slash 1PA. 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 Yes. And this one's called Head Games, and it involves a halfling enchantress... Yes. ...who has a habit of enchanting people, no. getting them to do dangerous things, oh. and then keeping the treasure. <laughs> so there is this band of hobgoblins which she enchanted and got yeah. to uh, raid a bugbear tomb. Oh, okay. And then she, took, then she took the treasure. Right. Um, there were some orcs which she managed to get to go and uh, raid, I think it was an owlbear lair. Yeah, yeah. And then all of them, all but one, died and she kept the treasure. No. Nah. 
So the, uh, the adventure opens up and... So, um, so, so she's the hero. <laughs> <laughs> when the adventure opens up and there's this halfling running through the town square, yes. being chased by an orc. Seems legit. And uh, the PCs kind of have to work out who's telling the truth, because she says yes. one thing, he says another. Oh, uh, and then eventually um, that hobgoblin band turns up and they're also really pissed at her Yes, and they've taken some people hostage Ooh. and demand the town council hand over the halfling yes. or they'll start killing hostages right. and so the entire adventure is more it's less an, event, an action adventure it's more a sort of tense political negotiation diplomacy stroke moral decisions because you can actually hand over the halfling if you want can we take the treasure first? <laughs> <laughs> so this is all on one page, yes. like all my one-page adventures are. Ah, this is my ninth one-page adventure now. That, that's at patreon.com slash 1PA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, news is quite short this week. Very well. It's always a good thing. Then let us hire us hence. What would you like to do next, then? Oh, how about we do that amazing sketch which Shane sent us? Okay. What is it with rats, anyway? Eh? I mean, any time someone needs help and a body's just starting out adventuring and all, seems like it's rats in the barn or the sewers or what have you. I don't get it. Rats are some of the most populous and ardia vermin after all. Yeah, I'll grant you that, but take right now, for instance. Eh? We're in the apocalypse, aren't we? Yeah. You saying there's no rats in the apocalypse? Nah. I'm saying, shouldn't there be other vermin to knock on the head in the newbie gardens, as it were? Like what? Well, like, 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 cockroaches. Hmm. I can't argue against the fact that cockroaches are plentiful and are indeed uncommonly good survivors. All right, good old roaches. Had a couple of pets as a wee mutant lad. Never seen a giant one, though. Right, my point exactly, mate. Why is it just rats? Shouldn't it be stuff like roaches too? Big, airy, fanged things with beady red eyes giving you the hungry stare of death? Well, I mean, now that I think about it... Or silverfish? Or the good old-fashioned housefly? That's some apocalyptic stuff right there, my friend. Yeah, or woodlice. Think of what them giant bugs could do. All rolled up and bearing down on you with speed. I mean, I have seen a giant scorpion or two, but... You think they get a giant antlion pit on occasion, and at the very least a fearsome roach. Yeah, yeah, I see your point now, I think about it. Why always rats? It's almost like it's a trope. But seeing how this is real life and not a game or something, that can't be it. Hmm. Trope? What's that then? Like a cockroach? Ah, never mind that. Those book things are like, you always want to use for kindling. It was in one of them. <laughs> What in your brain, mate? Uh, what's that? Let me look. <sighs> it's a giant rat, mate. Fifth one today, and only a rancid pelt for our troubles. Got your zip gun loaded? Now, that was a play by Shane Stacks, titled, Will a Giant Cockroach Hurt Once in a While? Thanks, Shane. Thank you. Shane will be on our podcast very soon. Ah, how exciting. We haven't nailed down a date yet. Okay. But he's going to be the first of our Patreons to uh, to join us on the podcast. Oh, to make that big break. Hmm. Let's think of what it could mean for him. It's going to be fun. Hey. Yes? How would you like to play our favourite game in all the world? Boy, would I ever. Would you ever? Ever what? I don't know. You said it. I didn't. I'm confused. <laughs> hey, Russ, do you have a new car? <laughs> yeah, I've got a new car. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Our favourite game in all the world is the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Oh, yes, that game. Yes, marvellous. Yes. Yes, we should play that. All right, then. Let's do that, then. Yeah. Okay. Item number one. Item the first. Let's do it. What is this? <gasps> Sinopa Omnibus. Volume one. Mm-mm. S-Y-N-O-P-A? S-I-N-O-P-A. Oh, okay. That does change what I was initially thinking. It's an OPA. Uh, it's an omnibus. Hmm. Omnibus. Uh, Volume one. Yeah. So that makes me think that there is... Well, the fact that it's an omnibus means to me that it's a collection of um, something. And this being an RPG-related podcast, I would therefore choose to believe it's an omnibus of adventures... Set in um, the world of Sinopa, which I have never heard of. Um, I think it is some sort of cyberpunky slash uh, science fiction sort of world, but I don't have a lot to work with. So, hmm. how's that? New. No. no? It's not that. Oh. What it is, what is, is a collection of NPCs for your D&D 5th edition game. <laughs> Okay, Let, tell, tell me more about how it. Did, how, did, how did you not get that? I have no idea, possibly because it's... Okay, that, so that's Sinopa a great title. Is the name more. of the company, Sinopa Publishing, LLC. Oh. Yeah, yes, yes, and yes. they have a, a drip, which yes. is Kickstarter's version of Patreon, right. where they've been releasing monthly... Um, NPCs. Tra- NPCs. Right. And this is the first six months of releases in one book. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so each uh, each entry contains um, a character, companion, creature, item, or monster, mm-hmm. an illustration, yep. a narrative short story, Ooh. treasure information, mm-hmm. and yes, and mm-hmm. more. Oh, and more you say? <laughs> Interesting. So you can kickstart it and get them all what printed out and bound and so forth. Mm. Or I infer one could go over to their Patreon and support them there if one yeah, wanted. I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there we go. Yes. Next. Yes. Is. Yes. Valor best in class. Um. How are you spelling Valor? Valor. V A L O R, but the American spelling of it. Valor. Oh, unfortunate. Best in class. Best in class. Mm. Is it an exciting splat book which is full of martial classes and how they're good at doing stuff for. Fifted Dungeons and Dragons. No! Marvellous. It is not that. Okay. It's a new adventure path and official setting yes. for Valor, or Valor, yes. the heroic RPG system. Okay. And this is a realm where magic and technology have joined yes. to the advancement of society. Wow. Dragons who once slept in caves filled with gold yes. now shout orders into their phones as they trade stocks and run billion dollar companies. So yuppie dragons. The Fae, once wild and untamed, now walk among mortals, their fabled courts having become major tourist destination. And having got presumably some sort of haircut. I guess so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And more more stuff like that. Right, so that's quite what modern day nineteen eighties science fiction y something. Yeah. Okay. Valor. Right. Valor, yeah. Okay. Have you are you are you familiar with Valor? No. Yeah, me either. I'm sure there's someone else out there who's like you fool, how could you not get that? Probably. Yeah. Next. Yes. Is. Yes. The Cthulhu Alphabet. 
Oh, this will be a children's book. Um, well, a, a, a pseudo children's book. It will be set up like an alphabet primer, but it will just have like all the um, uh, Cthulhu-esque, not Cthonic, because that means cave-like, and eldritch monstrosities that are associated with H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos. Um, I imagine it's going to have an interesting alphabetical dis- distribution. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, B alphabetic book, I'm hoping it is illustrated as well. It is. Mine. A is for altar, B is for books, C is for cultist, N is for... November? Nya, 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 I actually said it for the first time in my life. Nya, Bravo. Yes. There you go. That's by Goodman Games. And uh, yes, it's yeah. uh, colour with a black and white interior, um, fully illustrated. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. No, the, so the front cover's in colour. Yeah. And then it's... Oh, okay. But it's a Kickstarter, so they might have a full colour expansion. They might have. So that is indeed it for our favourite game in all the world. Bizarre. Um So you got two... No, you got one. Yeah. You got half of one, and you failed two. So you got one and a half points out of four. Okay. Which will round up to one and a half out of ten. Marvellous. Marvellous score. Uh, once again, proof that that's <laughs> perfectly how rounding works. <laughs> oh, we should probably do some sort of topic of the week. Well, how about we finish off our series? Yes. From the Ghost of Saltmarsh adventure collection. I think we should. That sounds like an amazing plan. Because even though the hardback is out there in the world with reviewers right now, yes, I think we should just we started this in the uh, in the words of Magnus Magnuson. So we shall finish it. It's not often we could describe ourselves as being like mastermind. (laughs) So in this case, we should definitely lean into it. I've started, so I'll finish. Uh, So the final adventure. um, Should we quickly run through the ones we've done so far? Or do you think our our listeners will be able to remember as as far back as recently as last week? I don't, don't, well, for you and me, it is last week. But for our listeners, it might well not be last week. In fact, this might be the first ever podcast that they've listened to. Okay, then. So, in previous podcasts, we yes. have gone through all of the adventures in ah, Ghost of Saltmarsh. Wait, no, I have to think. What? Previously, on Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, I just pleased myself because I managed to get the name of the podcast that I've been doing for nearly a year correct. <laughs> yeah. So, we had the, uh, the Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh. Yes. We had Danger at Dunwater. <gasps> we had the Final Countdown. Yes. Stop. This podcast is not ready. And then we did... Salvage Operation. Yes. We did Isle of the Abbey. Yes. Tamarout's Fate. Yes. And today, the final adventure is The Styes. Yes. And The Styes, in my opinion... Yes is by far yep. the best adventure in this collection. Absolutely. And it appears that Wizards of the Coast agrees with you as well. I love it. They, I really they, like this adventure. I want to run this adventure. I'm going to run this adventure. Um, that's right. It's the standout adventure in this collection, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certainly something to be said for... I think it's because it's a nice mix of high-level stuff and intrigue. Yeah. So it's by Richard Pett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for any setting, mid-level, 6th to 12th level. Nice. It's an urban adventure. Ooh. 
Um, obviously, I'm talking about the original here. I don't know exactly what yes. it will be like in Ghost of Saltmarsh, but yes. the original is. Um, so well, well, we think in Ghost of Saltmarsh, it is going to be more in the 10 to 12 ratio. Mm. Uh, ratio? 10 to 12 area, because it's the final adventure in a book that says that it's going yeah. to take you from 1 to yeah, 12. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is um, it's, it's quite a dark adventure. Mm, mm. Uh, so the sty is a uh, part of a city yes. uh, near water, mm-hmm. which is basically urban decay, mud, um, you know, sort of like the dark parts of Gotham City, but wetter, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> it's like Gotham City, but you're wet as well. Yeah. Because your feet are all damp. Yeah. That's how bad it is. And it smells kind of fishy. Oh, Gotham, but your feet are, you've got wet socks and you smell of fish. Yes, right. it's exactly that. <laughs> yeah. It was originally designed for four ninth level characters. Oh, tanky. And uh, originally it was designed to be set in the world of Greyhawk in the city of Primp. P-R-Y-M-P. Nice. Although they say in the Forgotten Realms it could fit into the city of Marsemba. And in Eberon it could fit into Reckonmark, wherever that is. Yeah, presumably by the sea somewhere. Yes, they're all by the sea. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Reckonmark by sea. Yeah. It's a lovely holiday destination. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, so, so background. Well, I mean, to be fair, we say a lovely holiday destination. That's actually part of the uh, shtick of the size is that it was previously... Very a, nice. Yeah, it was very Desrez holiday destination, but hard times have fallen yeah, upon the So place. the Styes was actually the, where the sort of capital of the city was and, mm. uh, you know, where the city was run before it sort of mm. went into disrepair and uh, destitution and, yeah. and stuff. And, and, and started was sinking into the yeah. sea. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a cross between Venice and, um, say, Blackpool in the off-season. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you want to know what the background is? Oh, go on then. Okay. Yeah. Name, name a monster. Mm, Abeleth. Good monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's this, there's this Abeleth. Oh, okay, yes. And he no. lives in... Oh, yes, there is an Abeleth. There is an Abeleth, yes. <laughs> this, the main villain and this is an Abeleth. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so there's this Abeleth and he lives with all the other Abeleths in Abeleth Town. Yes. It's not actually called Abeleth Town, but he lives yeah. with Abeleth Town and one day he's like swimming it's Ab- around. It's called Abeleth Village. It's yes. really a town. They want to call it it's, it's swimming, it sounds more he's swimming around doing yes. sort of evil abaletti things, yes. all that sort of abaletti stuff he does, yes. and he comes across these cultists and he decides to eat them. Uh, uh, you know, entirely unsurprisingly. Yes. <laughs> oh, interesting, like little mini factoid. Abeleths also appear, spoilers for Tomb of Annihilation, in Tomb of Annihilation. Hmm. Except that one is even stranger than the one in this one. So there you go. So this Abeleth eats yeah. his cultists. Nom, nom, nom. And you know when Abeleths consume you, they get your memories. Yes. Problem is, these cultists, being cultists, were all religious. Okay. And this ah. leaked over <laughs> into the Abeleth, and the Abeleth got religion. <laughs> now, Abeleths <laughs> do not approve of this. Of religion? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They do not approve of it at all. Why not? And so, our, our friend, the Abeleth... Mm-hmm. Had to flee Abeleth Town. Yes. Or whatever it's called. It's actually got a better name than that. I'm going to look up what the name is. It's got was. a better name than Abeleth Town. Uh, the think... Endless Nadir is what it's actually called. A that... haunted place shunned by the aquatic races of the region. This realm is the lair of a powerful submerged city of Abeleths. But the Endless Nadir means it's like an endless low point. Those, those Abeleths really aren't into good marketing. No. I'm just saying. No. Um, anyway, he, he flees. 
He has to run away because yeah. he's all religious now and he believes yeah. in Tharizdun, which is an evil god. Okay. And uh, has started worshipping Tharizdun and all this sort of stuff. What's Tharizdun responsible for? I don't know. Evil shit. Head. Nah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So uh, he goes for the god of st- evil st- waste st- reclamation. St- right? st- standard evil god portfolio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe with a little nuance to it, but... Murder, you know. mayhem. Yeah. Anyway. Um, on, while he's fleeing, he um, he comes across a baby kraken. Oh. So he decides to adopt this baby kraken and take it with him. Oh, even Avalifts of Hearts. Yes. And uh, he arrives at the styes. Yes. And makes his lair underwater in this sunken temple. Yes. Just off, off the shore of the styes. Okay. And then it gets all a bit Ghostbusters too. So you know in Ghostbusters 2, there's yes. a slime underneath New York, right. and it's feeding off the negative emotions yes. of New York. That, that's um, Vigo popping out of a picture yes. and trying to eat your face. So this, for Ghostbusters 2, by the way. is feeding his Kraken yes. the negative emotions of the styes. So mm. the sadder the styes are, yes. or the, the more, people in the styes are, the happier the Kraken. The bigger the Kraken grows. That sounds problematic. And so so this Abedef is yes. like in this underwater temple. Yes. And he's going, oh, I want my Kraken to grow more. Yes. How do I make the people in the styes even more miserable? But so bearing in mind, they are already pretty they're, they're miserable. They're already quite miserable. Like but even Gotham, more, wet feet, wet as yeah, well. And smelling of fish. And smelling of fish. Yeah. Yeah. So to make them even more miserable, he invents a serial killer. I was going to say gives them all a hangnail. Well, you could do that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, serial killers are quite good, but giving everyone in the city a hangnail, that's... Oh. Well, maybe he does that as well. Ah, that monster. So he creates this serial killer. He called, yes. I think it was called the Lantern Man or something like that. Yes, that's right. The Lantern Man who go, goes around and um, like just says, oh, I've got a lantern, stab. And kills people. Yes. And this... Uh, so what, the way he does this is he um, possesses... Yes people yes. and gets them to do it and they yes. can't remember what they did yes. so this is as the adventure starts there's this mm. fisherman yes who's just been hung yes hanged hanged four people four people <laughs> anyway he's been, he's been <laughs> hung or hanged no it's definitely uh, after having been caught as the serial killer yes uh, but unfortunately the serial killings continue the next night because yeah. the evidence just simply moves on and um, inhabits someone else yes Oh, that would be that would that would make the uh, any sort of decent judicial system question whether it had an abstract work. Well, the judicial system in this is actually quite corrupt and cover up their mistake. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, so this is where the PCs come in. Yes, uh, and they're uh, they're asked by a friend of the hanged or hung man. Yes, <laughs> a friend of the deceased. <laughs> yes, um, yes, to investigate what happened and clear yes. his name. Indeed. So. They do this. Yeah. Well, they start to do this. They attempt. And they follow a trail of what I like to call clues. 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 Interesting. Yes. How does these clues consist of? Well, let me tell you. It's quite suspenseful, this, isn't it? Mm, I think you mean dull. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're spelt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> what was in your tea? <laughs> You were going to tell me about clues because you were doing a bit yeah. about so, them following the trail of clues, and I was playing along. 
So they talk to um, one of the guards yes. um, of the prison where he was kept uh-huh. and find out that he'd been schooling these things on his... I'm doing this totally by memory now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, schooling things all over a so- so wall, which were basically pictures of a kraken eating the dice. Yeah. Like a giant kraken destroying the dice and stuff. Artist ref- re- rendition. Yes, thing, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and then they get uh, clues from there which lead them to this local politician come alchemist who turns out to be undead and lives in a ship which is hanging off a crane over a big um, pool of mud. Sounds better than it is. It is better than it sounds. But that seems like a very precarious way to make yes, a living. Yes, it does. Why would you... And, anyway. he, and he has uh, three pet manticores that guard his alchemy factory. Sorry, expression of... Like, what the actual... Okay. Well, I suppose it's in the size, so you can't afford to cut back. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting really... We've taken a sharp turn into South Africa here. Uh, we've taken a sharp turn into South Africa here. So yes. it's like, why, why mess around with, like, non-lethal defences? Just whack a manticore or three on it. What would you... What would exactly. be so valuable that you would need three manticores to defend What it? indeed? Yeah. Now chemical lab, apparently. Hmm. So, yeah. So this guy, he uh, he lives in this ship hanging off a crane. Yes. Above a big pool of mud. Yes. And turns out he's undead. Yes. And he's a worshipper of Tharisden. And he's Awkward. got a flesh golem. Uh, so they continue to follow clues. Yes. And they end up in this temple of Tharisden, which is sort of on a pier... And okay. there's this uh, decayed shark hanging from a hook right. in this temple. Mm-hmm. That's and it's got, people's, it's got people's heads stitched to it. There's this, mm-hmm. this kind of ritual they do. And they have this decayed shark and they kill people and they stick their heads to the shark. And then when the shark rots so much, it drops down into this pool of water yes. and they get a new shark and start again. Right. Well, you know, holy rituals, they never make any sense. There's no more bizarre than many... It, Any other. It, it seems like the sort of thing, well, apart from the human head sticking or uh, sentient races beings heads t- uh, stitched to a shark. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that in human history, people have done even weirder things than that. I'm sure they have, but yeah. Um, anyway, so after that, um, the PCs will end up going into that pool and that will lead them down underwater to the underwater temple of Thariston. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're going to go into the filthy, filthy pool which has had sharks dropping yeah decomposing sharks dropping into yeah, it yeah good grief you get, you get there's, a, there's another couple of ways you can get to it you're gonna need more impressive digitation to sort yourself out yeah you need that. a few magic items you're gonna, you're gonna be like ninth or tenth level but but yeah yeah um so you go through there and you end up having a bit of a scuffle with the abaleth yes oh okay <laughs> and at the same time a couple of other abaleths turn out having pursued him oh oh just oh, make things more oh, exciting yes and then finally yes finally yes. you uh you end up having to have a bit of a bit of a bit of a fight with the old kraken there Oh, who's wow. grown quite big by now. I see. He's still a baby kraken, but he's a bigger baby kraken. Yes. And an adolescent, in fact. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to have a, have a bit of a fight with him. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then that's the end of the adventure. Yeah, well, that sounds suitably uh, climatic. And it's quite dark, macabre. Obviously, each of those bits is in much more detail than I just you know, oh, described right. here. You just, you just um, skimmed over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I really like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that was not what I expected. He's, yes, that's the undead. Yes. He, I, but he's clearly undead. He's not like a glamorous undead. Yeah, he's well, the, like, thing, the thing about him is he's, uh, he's a recluse as well, and people don't really see much of him. And he only comes well, out to get this well. scent from a local um, 
a local person, by mm. the scent of a local person, to clear, uh, to cover up the stench of rotting death. Yes, well, I, I can see he would need that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's basically it. Yeah, and Trariston is god of evil whirlpools as well, I see. Mm. Yeah, okay, there's some nice art in it as well. Yeah, it's quite pretty. Couple, couple of good maps. Not, like, massive. Oh, oh, oh. Look at it. That's, that's, the, that's the baby Kraken. He's so adorable. Yeah, very yeah. cute, isn't he? He's all albino with glowing red eyes. Mm. Uh, okay. Um, so this will be... Uh, uh, oh, too big. Mm. So we were talking about this in the context of Ghost of Saltmarsh, yes. because this will be the final thing. Um, and obviously it seemed like the Abelefs would be the obvious choice to have has uh, overarching puppet masters. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they're not going with that at all, which is a bit of a shame. Um, no, it's more sandboxy, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but sandboxy in the sense that... No, I'm not seeing how it's a sandbox, I'll be honest. I mean, in the sense that you could actually end up on the Isle of Stiles with your third-level party and attempt to complete this adventure. Well, that's that's the whole point with a sandbox, though. You oh. can want into run go into bits of a sandbox that are too dangerous for you. Right, right, okay. I yeah. mean, it depends on how strict you are with the sandboxes, but mm-hmm. the, the pure, pure sandboxes, the, uh, the, if the players say, I want to go into that cave, and the GM knows that there's an Orcus in there, yeah, then the players are going to die. Yeah, very much, <laughs> yeah. very much. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, a strict sandbox would allow for that. Would allow you yeah. to do that, yeah. Well, generally, there's like... Uh, there are things which uh, stop you from getting there. I would imagine it's a semi-sandbox in mm. that there is some kind of, like, the GM sort of nudges them towards the various adventures one at a time rather than having them suddenly go out on this 10th level adventure in their first level. That would be unfortunate. It would be unfortunate. So I'm fairly, fairly sure it's not going to be a, a super strict sandbox. Yeah. It's going to be a, a sort of sandbox. It's quite a tonal variation as well. It goes from, like, the sort of gentle Scooby-Doo-esque vibe. Mm. We start off with the, with the Sinister Secrets of Salt Marsh. Um, and then... It depends uh, how sinister you make it. You could make that quite a quite a, a sort of suspenseful horror adventure until the reveal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Secrets of like, Salt Marsh. Mm, mm. But ultimately, it's like not that bad. And then um, you have the potential for accidental genocide with... Um, what's it? The... Not the final enemy. The uh, dangers at the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, and then you have at least two islands which are overcome with undead. Yep. Although some uh, appear to be like more your sand zombie lurking in the sand, and others are going full pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. uh, having a ship's crew march out and try and chow down your head. Uh, and this would be what the second appearance of Kraken, first being in Salvage Operation. No, it's just a giant squid. Oh, it just it wasn't a... actually a Kraken. Oh, two. Okay, so Krakens and giant squids are different. Because to me, a crocodile is a giant squid. It looks a bit squiddy, I'll give you that, but... Yeah, squidtacular. It's, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, like a dragon's a large dinosaur, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a no, relationship there. No, no, I, I, I literally had no idea, so, okay, well, fair enough. Yeah, a kraken is a, a super immense giant squid, I suppose. Okay, so this adolescent kraken is probably about the same size as, like, giant squid. I guess. But different. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess. This whole Spawn of Thurston thing looks intriguing. Mm. Yeah. Well, there we go. Are you looking forward to to uh, go to Salt Marsh then? Um, yeah, I'm. I was hoping that there would be more of an overarching plot. So probably what I'll do is have the um, long tentacly tentacles of Abelefdom be doing that, 
Um, how are you going to fit this one in? Um, I thought you were doing what's old is new at the moment mm. for your players. Yeah, this one's perfect for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how I'm going to gonna, gonna lower it level-wise, but I can keep the same plot, yes. make it not quite as crackany. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I might, I might make the baby cracking a bit smaller sort of yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just whack it, because they're in a city called Greyspire at the moment, mm-hmm. which is very much sort of like this. Yeah. Um, and they basically hang around the docks area all the time, and they've just mm-hmm. been dealing with some night elves with a night elf pirate ship and stuff like that. Ooh. All fits in really well. So yeah. I think I'll just literally just drop this adventure straight in. Yeah, sounds like sounds mm. good. Uh, we'll have to let us know how that goes. Yeah, just scale just scale down some of the bad guys, and I think it will work perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it certainly has a lot to be said for it. Uh, have you been able to do any foreshadowing with your lantern man? No, no, I've only, I've only literally thought of the idea. I haven't yeah, done yeah. anything yet. Okay. Well, that'll be good to go then. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. So, um, next week... Yes. ...will be straight after the big Wizards of the Coast reveal. So I assume that's what we're going to cover next week. I think that's a solid choice. Yeah. So yeah. next week, tune in next week, listeners, if you want to hear all about... Well, you'll probably know what the big Wizards of the Coast reveal is, but you better hear what we think about it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, they'll be producing it on Saturday... This podcast will probably be out on Wednesday. Yeah, mm. good times. Uh, what, what else was there? There was something else. Oh, yeah, UK Games Expo. I just want to mention yes. it each week, just as we. Oh, probably. UK Games Expo. Uh, yeah, UK That's Games this week. Uh, what? That's this weekend, isn't it? No. UK Games. I hope it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's like weekend after. Yeah, oh, Jesus, I've got a lot of work to do with this. <laughs> yeah, you can. I think now they move it forwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm as always completely wrong there. No, that is coming up in what two weeks time. Uh, two weeks this weekend, yeah. So just yeah. over three weeks. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. So um, there's I'm going to be at UK Games Expo along with EN Publishing. Mm-hmm. Not along with EN Publishing. I am EN Publishing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All right, Louis Fourteen. Louis Tours. Just read the stat. Yeah. Just read that. So EN Publishing. We're mm-hmm. going to have a booth there. Yes. Um, so there's going to be me, uh, Jessica, who's um, mm-hmm. a publishing administrator. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be Andy Peregrine, who wrote um, Robot Wars yes. and part of Luna One. Woo-hoo. And there's going to be Angus, hey. who uh, was also going to be on his board games guru booth next door. Yeah. You're going to pop up occasionally. Yes. Uh, Darren Pierce, lead writer on the Just Read RPG, will be there Fantastic. from time to time. He's yeah. also got his own booth. We'll be popping back and forth for signings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, anyone who's at UK's Expo, try and f- try and find us. It'll be the um, EN Publishing booth, which will be recognised by the EN World signs, the Just Read signs. I go for the big Just Read myself. Yeah. If you see if you see a massive Just Read. That, that's almost certainly for us. And we'll have t-shirts. As I will. Ah, will be t-shirts. <laughs> well, I, 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 I will. We can have a t-shirt if you want one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to have an yeah, EM Publishing t-shirt, which is going to be a nice black polo shirt with an EM Publishing logo on the front and a Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news on the back. Fantastic. Going to look lovely. Marvellous. Hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll be there from, well, Thursday through Sunday, although Thursday's the day we're setting up the, yeah. um, setting up the booth. So Friday through Sunday. Yep. Yeah. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully some people will drop by and say hello, and we hope we will have Luna One launching there, which is the next Just Red book. Oh, fantastic! I'm hoping signed it copies of Luna One. Yeah, the chance to play the game in like an hourly session with the creator. Yeah. Oh, that does sound fun. Yes, and we'll be doing demos as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, demos. Yeah. Sweet yeah. as. Uh, yeah, but no, that's, that's basically what's coming up. Then. So, so yeah, next week on the podcast we've got the new D and D announcement. Yes. And at the end of the month we've got UK Games Expo. Fantastic. 
Right, well, anyway. Yes. That is it for this week. Yes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, we very much appreciate our patrons. You are all amazing, wonderful people. We'll be back next week with lots and lots of information about the brand new Wizard of the Coast storyline announcement. So... See uh, you then. Yeah, signing off. This is Peter Coffey from Southampton Guild Roleplayers. And this is Russ, a.k.a. Morris from EN World. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Morris. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Listening to that drivel just made me feel nauseous. Maybe a spot of eyeball raking will make me feel a bit better. But which one shall I torture? I do enjoy Russ's screams, but Peter makes these wonderful gurgling noises when he's in pain. Decisions, decisions.